Hello, this is Mark Fines, and this is the Mark Fines Show, and welcome to your one-stop shop beacon of the truth, Americanism, freedom, and everything that you need to know about what we need to do to get this country back on track. And so today, folks, I'm going to have, uh, once again, a guest of mine that I've had many times, and that is Frank Runnels, the host of Lies People Tell, which is a great podcast. If you've not seen it or heard it, you know, check it out on any of your favorite platforms, and that is Lies People Tell. So today I had a phone conversation with Frank, and I'm just going to give you a portion of that conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. So here is Frank Runnels. All right, Mark, it's uh, Frank. How are you doing today? Hey, Frank, what's going on? It's been a little while since I talked with you, but how's everything going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, busy, busy all the time. I know you're busy. I'm busy. The whole world's busy. It's a ton of stuff going on. Never a shortage of things to talk about, right? Nothing in the news. No, in fact, we are getting to the point to where you have to kind of sort through what story are we going to talk about because there's just so much going on. And, you know, I think maybe we could kick off with the latest bombshell, and that's because you and I are retired FBI agents. I know both you and I and many agents of our era thought that the last bastion of hope and redemption for the FBI was Director Free, that being Louis Free. From uh, many years ago, he was the director when I came in. He was the director when you came in as well. And I always said, in fact, I've said on my program many times that Louis Free was... He was the best director that we had. However, we had a little story come out this week that might change everybody's opinion a little bit. So, a little, uh, what do you think of that that story, Frank? Well, just so the, everyone knows what we're talking about, uh, when Hunter Biden's uh, computer was uh, turned over to the repair shop and then eventually turned over to the authorities, they've been doing some forensic examinations of it and slowly leaking out the contents of uh, emails and such as that on his laptop. One of the emails, or I guess a series of emails, happened to do with uh, Louis Free. And from what I've read, the Louis Free, the former director of the FBI, had actually sent emails soliciting uh, business dealings, business deals with Hunter Biden. And in conjunction with that, had donated $100,000, $100,000 to a trust fund for Bo Biden's kids. Now, that may be a, a perfectly uh, noble thing to do, but he coupled that, that uh, contribution, if you will, to the trust fund of these kids, who is, I'm sure, controlled by the Biden family, uh, with a solicitation of work for his company which just strikes you as a little bit strange because I think pretty much everybody is in agreement that Hunter Biden is kind of a, uh, a little bit of a, a, a loose cannon, if you will. That's being very uh, charitable by calling him that. I mean, he's a, he's a long, well-known crack addict. Uh, he's had some very, you know, uh, questionable dealings with foreign entities, foreign countries like, China and Ukraine and those type of things. And why would, why would Louis Free be getting in bed with a guy like that? I don't know. It's really a mystery to me. Greed, I guess. I think maybe access and power. 
I mean, there's a whole laundry list of reasons to get involved with the Bidens, but I would have thought that a guy like Louis Free would have had more sense to do business with somebody with Hunter's background. Now, I'm going to caveat that with, I, I feel for the guy. I really think that when all is said and done and all the investigations are done, uh, Hunter Biden's going to be sort of the fall person. He's going to be the one that they blame it all on, you know, blame it on his problems, you know, which in his particular case is, um, you know, going around and, and sleeping with prostitutes and, and a horrendous drug problem. I feel for the guy in that regard. But why would you do business with somebody that is in that that condition? I don't understand that. And I find it very difficult to believe that Louis Free was not aware that Hunter had this sort of a background. I mean, after all, he was kicked out of the United States Navy. And for those of you that don't remember, he was a naval officer. And he was kicked out of the Navy because of a crack cocaine problem. That's, that's uh, you know, how did Louis Free not know this? And why would he be throwing around that kind of money with somebody with that sort of a background? That's I mean, the mystery. Yeah, right. He's, he's not uh, contributing a thousand bucks to these kids' trust funds. He's contributing a hundred thousand dollars. And, you know, and maybe he's just being a super generous guy, but, you know, there's a lot of people far worse off than the Biden kids or Biden grandkids that could use a nice little donation like that. And I don't see Louie doing that. I don't know what connections he had with the Bidens. I do know that he kept referring to Biden, Joe Biden, as dad. He never refers to him as Joe or as Vice President Biden. Or he keeps referring to him as dad, like, like it's almost his dad. So I don't know. Maybe they had a very close relationship. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It just makes you wonder. I mean, as they always say, and there's a lot of truth to it, you are known by the company you keep. Yeah. You show me your friends, you're showing me who you are. So Yeah, and I, I, found, I saw something interesting, at least in the, and I know there's a number of articles that were written about this story, but uh, I was reading the New York Times article this morning, and here's something else that they threw in. It shows you sort of the cozy relationship. Um, Louis Free mentioned in the email to Hunter that he had seen Hunter's dad, meaning Joe, at church. So apparently they were in the same nine o'clock service at church. And when um, Joe was coming back from communion, uh, Louis Free, uh, one of the two acknowledged the other. And then Louis Free uh, said, hey, I didn't get a chance to, you know, acknowledge him in, in, in church, but says, hey, I want to reconnect with him. Um, if you could, could you send me his contact information, his his personal email? And then there, there was a parenthesis, you know, I'll keep this confidential, meaning, um, you know, and that just that just speaks to there was an intimate relationship there. I mean, how do yeah. you, out of all the Catholic churches, and I just happen to know that Louis Fru is a Catholic, and so is Joe Biden, they end up at the same church, and they run into mm -hmm. each other in the church service. So, uh, there, there's a coziness there that's kind of uh, stunning, and I was certainly unaware of up until this point. Yeah, it's un it's unfortunate. Uh, it's I mean, we can people can agree or disagree with what I'm going to say, but my my feeling is that we have not had a good director of the FBI, one that I think had the best interest of the FBI at heart and did a good job since Louis Free. 
Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to have to readjust that maybe. Although I, well, I take it. I will say that I think Louie actually did a very good job as the director of FBI. I think he really did care about the, uh, the employees of the FBI, especially the agent population. And he followed the rule of law far better than the last two guys. Uh, or I guess you could say the last three guys, if you include Ray in there. So we've had really bad uh, leadership since at least 2001 at, at a minimum. And that's 20 years now. Yeah. 20 years of uh, bad leadership, bad management, breaking the laws, ignoring the laws, and and basically feeling like they can do what they want with impunity. Yeah, that pretty much breaks an organization after 20 years. It's going to take at least another 20 to 30 years to get us back to where we should be if that ever happens again. Well, I was going to say that that's only going to happen if you have the right leadership. And if you're starting that clock right now, it's not going to happen because that's going to, that's assuming that we get someone after Christopher Ray that would put the, the organization on the right track. And God knows how long Christopher Ray is going to be in office. And, you know, you can say that the, he, he'll be there for no more than 10 years. Well, that's not true because uh, Bob Mueller had an extension. He was there for 12 years. So all of these right. rules now, I mean, really nothing you know, nothing that we thought was uh, applicable to the FBI director or the FBI itself applies anymore. They just do what they want to do. Yeah, yeah and, ab- absolutely. Uh, you know, Christopher Ray, he's just persona non grata. I, I can't even say that he's bad right now. I, I don't. I'm not aware of what he's doing. I mean, is he even there? Has anybody done a? Has anybody done a uh, health and welfare check on Christopher Ray to see he, if he's even around? Has he shown up to work the lately? Last, the last time he was seen, he was on a milk carton. His picture was on a milk carton, and the caption was, "Have you seen this man?" And he is that out of uh, out of the limelight. And people would say, "Well, yeah, he should be out of the limelight." And I agree. The direct FBI director should should be. But not to the point of being checked out. And uh, I don't know, you know, know, whatever, you know, I mean, (laughs) I'm not going to go too far into the setting guy. I don't want to undermine who's there at this point, but uh, it doesn't seem like he's very vigorous in uh, in what, uh, well, they're vigorous in the prosecution or the chasing down of uh, January 6th. uh, people that were at that rally, the MAGA voters, they they definitely are released the the dogs of war on them. Yeah, and you know, I I agree with you. I don't want to hear from the FBI director very often. I think that there are, but I do think that there are times when the FBI director should be heard from. And I'll give you an example. So uh, in the last couple of weeks, many of you have may have read this article about how the DOD is going to be use, utilizing a third-party company to uh, go through the social media of military members in order to circumvent getting a warrant for such media. See, now this is an instance that I where I would like to see the FBI director come in and talk about the protections of civil liberties and privacy rights of individuals. You know, just because you are 
in the military, it does not mean that the military can just go through willy-nilly and look at your social media without coupling and having probable cause that you are exhibiting behavior that is undermining the government or somehow um, breaking the rules or breaking the law in your position as a military member. Um, we have to be very, very careful with just going on fishing expeditions into social media. Right, without any probable cause. And this is one area where, um, you know, this is that creep. You know, they, they talk about, uh, you know, the creep in warfare. Well, we're, we're starting to get this in our civil liberties, right? Because we, we all know that what social media uses is algorithms to go after keywords, words that, you know, that they, that they want to look at. Well, for those of you that have been on Facebook over the last couple of years, you know that those algorithms just get to the point of being ridiculous. And anything that you say that they don't agree with, then it pops up and you get a warning or you you can be banned from Facebook. For example, uh, I mentioned, Frank, on my own podcast how uh, I put up me just a joke on Facebook and it said that, uh, you know, uh, Donald Trump was known for killing Iranian terrorists, and Biden uh, killed Dr. Seuss. Obviously a joke. Anybody with half a brain would know that this was just a spoof on uh, an actual news report. But it, I ended up being banned or temp- temporarily suspended from Facebook because they, they said because I posted this twice, and they said that I repeatedly uh, posted false information because Joe Biden, they knew for a fact that Joe Biden did not kill Dr. Seuss. I mean, are they, these the same people now that are going to go right. after our military members and search for keywords <laughs> they don't agree with? I mean, no, seriously, this is not. This is a very dangerous path that we're going down. Now, I right. would, I, I would mean, like to hear the FBI director address that. Well, and it's, it's so stupid. It's like, well, obviously he didn't kill Doctor Zeus. I mean, it's like you know, it's like. Oh, I, and that, but that's the absurd. But that's what happens when you use an algorithm to search for keywords. Well, here's the thing, though. You know who creates algorithms? People. Yeah. So when they keep keep using this excuse, well, it was an algorithm. Okay, but a person had to make that algorithm do what it's doing. It doesn't have artificial intelligence and taken on a mind of its own. This is not Terminator, where the computers have taken over. Someone wrote the damn. Uh, algorithm created it to do these type of things so that that excuse never works for me and yes someone decided you know in their mind consciously we're going to make an algorithm that's going to search out these words and when we find them we're going to block them you know so uh, yeah uh, they are doing this but they're purposely doing it and it's by their choice yeah, and that's we, we've got to have our government get to the point where we get back to the basics in the Constitution, and people have rights, and we have a right to speak. And you know, in a lot of, on a lot of levels, people can say a lot of things. There should be a lot of leeway in what you can say in the public domain. Now, taking action is a very different story, and that's where we right. used to be. It was when when does somebody go from talk to action? And that's what that's the part that we're missing in this. Because listen, here's the fear that I have: that you know, I know looking at Facebook, the only the only people I'm aware of that are getting warnings and being banned from Facebook and Twitter, which is another one, are people with conservative values. I've I've never heard of somebody with a left leaning view 
being warned or banned. I haven't. Have you, Frank? Nope. Nope. They never do. They never do. Now, we can nope. go through, and, and when they talk about violence, for those that say, yeah, but, you know, all the, all the violent rhetoric. Now, hold on now. Who did the yeah. shooting on the baseball field in Alexandria back in 2017? That was a left-winger. Uh, all the cities burning down last summer. Those were left-wing people. Um, I, I could go on. Who 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 is um, beating up all the Jews uh, in, in New York and these big cities right now? It, these are people that are that have left-wing ideology. Uh, I know I know that people are going to point to January 6th, but you know that's still up for debate on what happened in January 6th. There are plenty of witnesses that say that they were allowed to walk onto the Capitol grounds. Um, I am not aware, Frank, correct me if I'm wrong on this, I'm not aware of one gun or weapon being confiscated for from people that, that were arrested. The only act of violence that I'm aware of was a female Air Force 12-year veteran that was shot and she was unarmed. That's the only violence that I'm aware of. Now, I know people are going to say that a police officer died. No, listen, he died of, of other causes. They, we, they've proven this was not due to blunt force trauma. He died of, of uh, uh, other health-related issues uh, a day or two later. That was not caused by violence in, in the January 6th protest. So, uh, you know, I don't know where all this violent rhetoric uh, uh, rhetoric on the right is i haven't seen it i've not seen any proof of it have you no no not not in the least way <clears throat> excuse me yeah this is uh, this is a dangerous road yeah now let's uh let's talk about something uh, that i saw the uh other day uh joe scarborough <laughs> oh former, yes <laughs> former gop uh congressman out of florida married to mika brzezinski uh, he's on MSNBC. Uh, the guy's a nut. The guy's absolutely out of his gourd. And he went on a tirade about the Arizona election audit that's going on. And, I mean, it's an epic tirade. This guy is just going bananas. Now, the question is, and I, you know, if you haven't heard it, you, you, you should look it up. It is like an epic rant saying they should not be allowed to even do this audit. And people that believe that this election has to be looked at more closely just need to leave the country. And his, the, the tell in his whole thing was, he said, and there's plenty of immigrants to come in and take their place. See, and, cause that's what they're really shooting for is they're wanting to supplant people here that want free and, and fair elections with someone from south of the border to come over here illegally, give them, you know, food, housing, the whole nine yards, and in the hopes that they're going to vote Democrat. Yeah, and you and I were talking about this off air and we're saying this as agents and we're because of our the teachings that we did at the FBI Academy in detecting deception and i want the listeners to really think about this because a lot of this is just common sense if i am right in my belief system so in joe scarborough's case he believes that there was no fraud that was committed in these elections he well he tells us that he legitimately believes that well i want our listeners to ask themselves if you were telling the truth about something 
and it could be verified through an independent audit that you were correct. And let, let's say this is a very controversial issue, and you believe that you were telling us the truth. You know that you were telling us the truth. Wouldn't you want an audit to verify that you were telling the truth? Wouldn't you want that? And don't wouldn't you question it if somebody is this upset and you have to listen to the rant that he went on? I mean, he was really unhinged. This is he's an unhinged guy, but this is one of the most unhinged episodes I've ever heard from him. But why would you not want that if you were telling the truth? Right. Why wouldn't you want the? You should be if you're saying if you truly believe that the election is 100% above board, Biden won fair and square, and wouldn't you say, fine, do the audit, because it's just going to prove that I'm right. But So, yeah, please do the audit, because you're going to prove that I've what I've been saying all along, and you just have to shut up and sit down. They're taking the opposite stand. They're saying, believe me when I tell you everything was fine, but by God, don't look any closer at it. And if you do, you're un-American. You need to leave the country. Well, why? What are you afraid of? It's almost like they have something to hide, doesn't it? And when did questioning the practices of the government become un-American? I think if people <laughs> understand our history, that not trusting the government is kind of like how the our government started. I mean, that's, that's, that, that goes back to our that origins. Is most, that is the most American thing you can do at this point. I mean, questioning... The validity of what the government says and does uh, is like the most patriotic thing you could do, in my opinion. And do you know what's funny about that, Frank, is that it wasn't, you know, in our lifetime back in the 1960s and early 70s, when when I was growing up, when I was a young kid, uh, it was actually the, it was twisted. It was the other way around. It was the Democrats. It was the left-wingers that used this as a, um, you know, as a badge of honor, questioning the government. You know, questioning the man, questioning what they're doing. The CIA is bad. They, do you remember, these were the people that didn't trust the FBI and the CIA back in the late 60s and 70s. So isn't it interesting how it's kind of flipped the other way around? Well, partly. Well, not partly. I think because they've co-opted all of those agencies and those organizations to their own use. They've weaponized them against Americans or they have in the past. Uh, so it's like, uh, yeah, they're not questioning them now because... They run them. Mm-hmm. They're theirs. I mean, John Brennan voted for Gus Hall in 1972 for president, or 76, one of the two. Gus Hall was the candidate for the Communist Party of America, and John Brennan voted for him. Mm. And he's I proud mean, of it. And he, he, he doesn't and deny he, it. And he was the director of the, F, uh, the CIA. Let that run around your brain for a minute. What the, and why would you even appoint this guy? That should be a disqualifier to right off the bat, as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know what, Frank, uh, you and I both, uh, you were an army officer, I was a Navy officer, we were both FBI agents. Could you imagine actually putting that in any application that you, you had for the military or for the FBI, actually putting on the application that you supported a communist candidate? what that would have done to your application? <laughs> I, do right. I, mean, I don't understand. And I wonder, I want the public to understand that many of these people that have held high office, and they're political appointees, that's the only reason why they can hold those offices. If those same people had gone undergone the background checks that we went through, they would have never been allowed into the organization. 
they only get around it because they're appointed politically. You know, um, yeah. it, you know, it, Barack Obama would have never passed the background check that Frank and I went through to get to become FBI agents. They would have never he, he would have never become an FBI agent. No, no, no absolutely. <laughs> exactly it's right. a strange thing, but that's that's why, folks, elections have consequences. And, and I am so sick and tired of people. Oh, I'm going to check out. I'm not going to participate. I'm like, you have to participate because this is what happens when you don't participate. Uh, if you yeah. don't believe that elections have consequences, just look. Hell, we are only, what, five months into this guy's administration, into Biden's administration. And look at the damage he's done in five months. My goodness. Well, and... The, the best way people can participate is to hold their representatives and their senators accountable. And we had 35 of them this week sign on to the uh, House resolution to create a January 6th commission to look at what happened. Now, you know as well as I, they're not going to do a legitimate investigation of anything. This is a political ploy be able to beat up on Trump supporters and uh, the Republican Party as a whole. And we had 35 of our own guys do that. Now, uh, I've said in the past, and uh, we've discussed this, and this is, I look at it from just my military background. I look at it like, okay, I'm on the field of battle and I'm looking at the enemy, which in this case, we could say is the Democrat Party. And those are the people I'm supposed to fight. I don't want 35 guys that are behind me that I'm supposed to be, you know, on my side halfway through the battle, changing their mindset. I think I'm going to join the Democrats to start shooting within our own ranks. That's what these 35 guys are doing. They're shooting within their own ranks. They've changed sides halfway through the fight and decide I'm going to go over to the other side. Uh, we, we can't have that. And those are the guys that we have to be holding accountable. And that's how we need to be involved. Get rid of those guys. Yeah, it it's amazing. And I I was talking to somebody the other day about this, that uh, you're not going to hear me praise the Democratic Party very often, but I'm going to do it this time. They are superb at party discipline. They, they are superb at messaging, and they are superb at defending one another. And Republicans, if you are a Republican out there right now and you're listening to the sound of our voices, you need to listen to me and you need to listen to me closely. When we get our party line and our ticket, you know, which which we have done here in Virginia recently, it is it's a team effort. It's a front that has to go forward. And this uh, you never, ever see Democrats break ranks and start shooting one another the way that Republicans do. Now, I understand. I understand that we are the party of free thinkers. You know, and one of the reasons why we are conservatives is because we believe in liberty and free thought and um, the independence. That's what makes us different than the Democrats. I understand that. But that's not how you win elections. And they need to sit back, you know, Listen, if you have issues with January 6th, God bless you. Okay, I get that. But my question, Frank, is this. Are those same people demanding that there be a commission to investigate all the cities that burned in Black Lives Matter and Antifa? Are, are they asking for that? Because I don't think they are. 
No, they haven't. They haven't said said a word about. It, they haven't lifted a finger about, it, and they have no intention to. It, see, if they, they did all three, care. if they were if they were going after Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and then wanted a January sixth commission, uh, we could have maybe a rational discussion about that. I still wouldn't agree with them, right. but but I, that would at least be understandable. But what they've done with asking for that commission and no others, that's I don't have a legitimate explanation for that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, 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 there's probably a variety of different reasons. I don't know how important the reasons are. I just know this. I don't want them on, on my team. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, either you're on my team or you're not. Right. Yeah. And if you're not on my team, especially considering the, the things that are at stake right now, and you're waffling and saying, eh, you know what I mean? I want to be a free thinker and maybe join the other team occasionally. You know something? No, no. Either, either you're all in or you're all out as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, particularly now. Guys, right. this, is, this, is not, this is not a joke at this point. And I know a lot of people say this is the most important election coming up. And I know that that's become a cliche. But we're there. We, we are there. If you look at the rapid decline of this country just in five months, if you're not petrified, if you're not convinced that every single election counts, and I mean at every level, I don't even mean in the general election at the highest levels. I mean all the way down to your city council. If you think these elections don't matter, then you are, you, you're part of the problem and not part of the solution at this point. Well, all you have to do is look at your school system, and if you're living in an area where the teachers' union and the school boards have kept your kids out of school and continue to want to do that, that's uh, as local as you can get. And that is the school board. That's not the, the state. That's not the federal government doing that. That's your local school board doing that. And that's why you have to stand up and uh, try to get the best people you can in there. I'm not saying everyone has to run for office. Oh, I get well, everyone's got a, a life. They got a family. They got a job. But there are people that want to do that, and we, but we have to vet them out and, and truly vet them out, not just listen to their platitudes and, you know, their, their talking points. Ask them hard questions. Ask those uncomfortable questions that make them step back and say, Oof, well, I didn't expect that. Yeah, because those are the questions we want answered. We want to know how you feel about certain things, and then we're going to decide – are you our guy or not? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this election, the 2022 election is going to be here before you know it. It really, it's going to, and there's already planning that, that's going on. And if you're not involved, get involved. Because this is very, very important, this next election. Yep, absolutely. And it's still absolutely. going to be a battle. Even if we, if the Republicans take the House and the Senate back, uh, talking about the federal level, it's still going to be a battle. It just yeah. is, but that's that. That's going to be a step in the right direction. But we've got to slow all of this down, um, because folks that are listening, if you're not paying attention, this man Joe Biden is so inept and so weak that that here's the way that it works, folks. When you demonstrate weakness, you see it. I see it. But more importantly, our adversaries around the planet see it. And when they see weakness, that actually 
creates instability and believe it or not, makes us more vulnerable to conflict, not less. I know that a lot of you were out there saying that, you know, Donald Trump, the way that he talks and he calls Kim Jong-un names and he talks down to people and, and you know, he's going to create problems. That That's actually not how it works. Believe it or not, the way that Trump was prevented violence from happening because the instability and the, you know, the, the talk about how, uh, you know, for example, in Kim Jong-un's uh, case, he he said, you know, if that guy fires a missile at us, he'll have hell to pay. And and I know it sounds like, it, you know, he just wants to start a war. But Kim Jong-un listened to that and it was like, oh my gosh, this guy's not playing around, so I better stop. And and you noticed he stopped firing missiles in our direction and, and at Japan. People forget that because the press weren't reporting it. But the way that Joe Biden is, is creating instability. And you look at what's going on in Israel and in the Middle East right now. This is a very dangerous situation that we're in. And, and instead of coming to the aid of our ally, Israel, what are the Democrats doing? They're siding with the Palestinians. And that's just bizarre to me because... This latest round of conflict, it was the Palestinians that started it. They were the ones that fired missiles into Israel. And uh, do you agree with that, Frank? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like uh, Bibi Netanyahu said, if someone fired 2,900 missiles into Washington, D.C. or New York City, well, you guys would defend yourself, right? And mm-hmm. the answer is, of course. It's obvious on the face. I mean... For them to say that, no, no, we should, you know, Israel needs to de-escalate because, like, they're the aggressor. Uh, they're not the aggressor. So, you know, and, and other thing, the people need to run. The Palestinians, that land that they're on, the Gaza Strip, is not their homeland. That is was occupied by the Israelis for the last 4,000 years. They're the interlopers, not the Israelis. Everyone wants to put it backwards, but the reality is, is read your history. The Israelis were there. The Israelites, as they call them in the Bible, have been there about 4,000 years, not the Palestinians. All right? So let's keep that in mind, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people people talk about how all of these Palestinians have been killed. Well, Hamas, and let's make no mistake about it, it's Hamas that is doing this. That is a terrorist right. organization. The rockets yeah. that they are firing is coming from Iran. And Joe Biden is now back into negotiations with Iran. He's back assisting them with their um, nuclear nuclear program. And these are the people that are providing these rockets that are being shot into Israel. Now, people are going to point to all the civilians that were killed by the Israelis. The fact is the great majority of them were terrorists. They were they were not innocent civilians. And the fact is that were it not for the Iron Dome and Israel's technology to defeat the rocket the incoming rockets, there would have been thousands of Israelis that were killed. And people forget yep. that. People forget that. Now, wherever you stand on this issue, the fact is the fact is the Israelis or not the Israelis, but the Palestinians started this conflict because they didn't like the outcome of a court decision over, I believe it was four, I think it was, believe it or not, this whole thing started over um, four properties. 
mm-hmm. were going to be given back to the original owners. And these this is a, a case that was litigated uh, for years, for years. And finally, the court decision came down that this was going to the property was going to be given back to uh, the original Israeli homeowners, and that's what started all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other thing that uh, a lot of people don't know, the Israel Israeli Knesset, which is their legislative bodies, like our Congress, you know, they have a lot of Muslims on the, in the Knesset. Did you know that? A lot of people. I don't did. Know that. I actually did. I think most people don't yeah. know that. But the um, that's right. The the Palestinians so the actually have representation in in their right. government. So the so the Israelis are not like uh, cutting them out completely and saying you have no say so and we're not going we're going to ignore all the uh, Muslim uh, people many of them that live in Israel they actually have representation also uh, you think the the Palestinians would uh, do the same for an Israeli oh absolutely uh, not pretty sure that yeah. would not exactly so I mean there's a and, you know, people say, well, that's what about ism. Oh, shut up. You know, <laughs> whatever, you know. All right. Hey, Mike, I, uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, I think this has been an interesting uh, conversation. And I think we hit on a few, few topics that people should be aware of and thinking about because, uh, you know, the, the world's a, a kind of a crazy place right now. We need to <laughs> be is. keeping our eyes open of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for thanks for um, you know, talking to me today. And, and folk, you know, folks, I hope that this, I, I think people are just ignoring uh, to a great extent what's going on in, in the world, not just the country right now. And, and I think that uh, these sorts of discussions that you and I have kind of bring these topics to light and just some things to think about. So, uh, you know, thanks, Frank, for coming on with me today. Yeah, no problem. No problem. All right, bud. We'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this segment with Frank Runnels, the uh, podcaster that has his own shows called Lies People Tell. Once again, that's Frank Runnels. Check him out. Uh, he's on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And once again, this is Mark Vines from The War Vines Show. And thank you for joining us. And we will see you next time.